is here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Everybody, Mark Levin here. Our number 877-381-3811. 877-381-3811. Well, you're seeing a lot of reporting on uh, China and their our tariffs and their tariffs and our coming tariffs and their response saying they will do whatever they have to do to beat us, fight us. We're going to spend a good amount of time on this tonight. This afternoon on the West Coast, on why we need to confront China and why it's long overdue. Now, some of you are saying, Mark, I thought you're a free trader. It's nothing to do with free trade, it has nothing to do with capitalism. When a country, when an autocracy, when a totalitarian regime is stealing our technology, Stealing our military designs. That's not trade. If somebody goes into a store and steals various products, groceries, cash from the cash register and so forth, you're not purchasing something. China is a rogue state. It is a communist state and it has as its purpose right now to defeat the United States economically and geopolitically. And it's not a joke. And the prior administration did almost nothing about it, just as they did almost nothing about Russia's interference in our election. Now, we're going to take a little bit of time on this. I've done a lot of research today, and when you do research, as when I write my books and TV show and this program, 95% of what you find, you discard. You discard most of it. But I found testimony by a gentleman by the name of Larry Wartzel. I don't know who Larry Wartzel is, so I looked him up. He's a commissioner of the U.S.-China Economic and Security Review Commission, which I didn't even know existed, but he's one of America's top experts on China's military strategy. And he gave testimony in the House of Representatives five years ago. Five years ago. And here in part is what he said. Now this is relevant, folks, because you have to understand the president is being advised about what China is doing by his intelligence agencies, by the Justice Department and the FBI. And here's what he's being told. Here's this gentleman's testimony. China's cyber espionage activities have been going on for a long time. In 2005, Time magazine documented a series of intrusions into America's laboratories, including those of the Department of Energy, that was called the Titan Rain Intrusion Set. Corporations often will not disclose cyber penetrations and intellectual property theft because they fear retaliation from the Chinese government. Hope for future market access in China. Fear the loss of consumer confidence and fear the loss of stock value. In Chinese military writings, cyberspace is an increasingly important component of China's comprehensive national power. 
and a critical element of its strategic competition with the United States. Beijing seems to recognize that the United States' current advantages in cyberspace allow Washington to collect intelligence, exercise command and control of military forces, and support military operations. At the same time, China's leaders fear that the United States may use the open Internet and cyber operations to threaten the Chinese Communist Party, the CCP, and their legitimacy. China is using its advanced cyber capabilities to conduct large-scale cyber espionage. Today, China has compromised a range of U.S. networks, including those of the Department of Defense, defense contractors, and private enterprises. These activities are designed to achieve a number of broad security, political, and economic objectives. China does not appear to have reduced its cyber effort against the United States despite recent public exposure of Chinese cyber espionage in technical detail. When confronted with public accusations from the United States about its cyber espionage, Beijing usually attempts to refute evidence by pointing to the anonymity of cyberspace and the lack of verifiable technical forensic data. It also shifts the media focus by portraying itself as the victim of Washington's cyber activities and calling for greater international cooperation on cybersecurity. For example, in response to the Department of Defense's 2013 report to Congress, which indicated that China participates in, China esp- excuse me, in cyber espionage activities, China's <laughs> Ministry of Foreign Affairs insisted China is, quote, strongly against any form of hacking activities, unquote, and dismissed such charges as baseless. The gentleman... Regardless of the evidence that is presented, Chinese Communist Party leaders will continue to deny that the People's Liberation Army, the PLA, and other government and intelligence organizations are behind these penetrations. After all, this is the same party and government that deny that anyone was killed at Tiananmen Square when the Chinese military massacred about 2,500 people in June 1989. However, a number of public U.S. government reports... Admissions by private companies that they have been the target of cyber espionage. Investigations by cybersecurity firms and U.S. press reports contradict Beijing's long-standing denials. There is now evidence that the Chinese government not only is encouraging and shaping these attacks, but also directing and executing them. While attribution is difficult and takes great skill, trend analysis is allowing cybersecurity professionals to develop a more comprehensive understanding of Chinese cyber actors, tools, tactics, techniques, and procedures. China's cyber espionage against the United States and defense industrial base poses a major threat to United States military operations, the security and well-being of U.S. military personnel, the effectiveness of equipment and readiness. China apparently uses these intrusions to fill gaps in its own research programs, map future targets, gather intelligence on U.S. strategies and plans, enable future military operations, shorten research and development R&D timelines for military technologies, and identify vulnerabilities in U.S. systems and develop countermeasures. Now, I'm reading this verbatim because this is what President Trump is seeing. This is what he's dealing with. And it's not being provided to you anywhere on cable TV that I've been watching all day, network TV, satellite TV. 
The president isn't just lashing out against China. Military doctrine in China also calls for attacks on the critical infrastructure of an opponent's homeland in case of conflict, which explains some of the Chinese cyber penetrations into the United States. One senior researcher at the Chinese Academy of Science said that in wartime, cyber warfare may disrupt and damage the networks of infrastructure facilities such as power systems, telecommunication systems, and education systems in a country. Other strategies have suggested that China should have the capability to paralyze ports and airports by cyber or precision weapon attacks on critical infrastructure. This is what the Chinese are up to. A number of instances of Chinese cyber espionage targeting United States national security programs have been identified in recent years. In a 2012 report to Congress on Chinese military power, Department of Defense stated its networks are targeted about 50,000 times a year. Although China is not responsible for all these attacks, the DOD has said China poses the dominant threat to its networks. In its 2013 annual report to Congress, the Pentagon for the first time explicitly accused China of committing cyber espionage. The report states China is using cyber operations to, quote, support intelligence collection against the U.S. diplomatic, economic, and defense industrial-based sectors. In other words, China is committing cyber warfare against the United States as I sit here right now. In 2012, NASA, the National Aeronautics and Space Administration, disclosed a cyber intrusion in the NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory Network originating from China-based Internet Protocol, that's IP, addresses. According to NASA, the intruders gained, listen to this, full functional control over the network, enabling them to copy, delete, or modify sensitive files, manipulate user accounts for mission-critical systems, and steal user credentials to access other NASA systems. Gets worse. A number of U.S. press reports indicate that since as early as 2007, Chinese cyber operators have repeatedly infiltrated the networks of the F-35 Joint Strike Fighters major contractors, Lockheed Martin, Northrop Grumman, and BAE Systems, and stolen aspects of its design plans. Some experts, noting the resemblance between China's newest stealth fighter, the J-31, and the American F-35, have suggested that J-31 was developed using F-35 design plans stolen from the United States. He goes on. U.S. press reporting indicates that beginning in 2007, Chinese cyber actors appear to have infiltrated the network of QuintaQ, a defense contractor specializing in military robotics, satellites, and combat helicopter technology. Undetected for several years, the hackers stole millions of pages of sensitive research documents and used QuintaQ as a backdoor into U.S. military networks. In 2012, the PLA, the Chinese military, released a bomb disposal robot with characteristics similar to the one QuintaQ's designed. In May 2013, the New York Times, citing a classified report by the Defense Science Board, stated that over several years, Chinese cyber actors have compromised the designs of more than 50 sensitive U.S. technologies and advanced weapon systems, including the Patriot Missile System, 
the Agic Ballistic Missile Defense System, the V-22 Osprey, the F-A-18 Fighter, and the Literal Combat Ship. Have you heard this today? And the threats to U.S. industry. I will explain that when we return. Mark Lovin. enough time in this segment to complete this, but now I want to move to the Chinese attacks on our private sector, our industries. China's cyber espionage case, uh, espionage against U.S. commercial firms poses a significant threat to America's business interests and competitiveness in key industries. General Keith Alexander, commander of U.S. Cyber Command, assessed, this is again five years ago, that the financial value of these losses is about $338 billion a year. And by the way, that's been upgraded this year to $600 billion, including intellectual property losses and the downtime to respond to penetrations, although not all these losses are to Chinese activity. Chinese entities engaging in cyber and other forms of economic espionage likely conclude that stealing intellectual property and proprietary information is much more cost-effective than investing in lengthy R&D programs. These thefts support national science and technology development plans that are centrally managed and directed by the PRC government, by the Communist Party. The Chinese government, including the PLA, their military wing, and the Ministry of State Security, supports these activities by providing state-owned enterprises, or SOEs, information and data extracted through cyber espionage to improve their competitive edge cut R&D timetables, and reduce costs. All of this, you see, is to build up their military. The strong correlation between compromised U.S. companies and those industries designated by Beijing as strategic industries further indicates a degree of state sponsorship and likely even government support, direction, and execution of Chinese economic espionage. Such governmental support for Chinese companies enables them to outcompete U.S. companies, which do not have the advantage of leveraging government intelligence data for commercial gain. See, you see, that's not commerce and trade and enterprise or anything of the sort. It is difficult to quantify the benefits Chinese firms gain from cyber espionage. We don't know everything about the kinds of information targeted and taken. Nor do we always attribute theft to a specific Chinese actor. Some thefts may never be detected. In terms of business intelligence, some targets of cyber theft likely include information related to negotiations, investments, and corporate strategies, including executive emails, long-term business plans, and contracts. In addition to cyber theft, Chinese companies almost certainly are acquiring information through traditional espionage activity, which limits our ability to identify the impact of cyber espionage in particular. Nevertheless, it is clear that China not only is the global leader in using cyber methods to steal intellectual property, but also accounts for the majority of global intellectual property theft. Chinese actors have on several occasions in recent years leveraged cyber activities to gain sensitive or proprietary information from American enterprises. Some examples. In June 2013, the Department of Justice filed charges against a Chinese energy firm, Sinovel Wind Group, 
alleging it stole secrets from AMSC, previously American Superconductor Corporation. 2005, the two companies partnered together, leveraging the American company's high-technology components and the Chinese specialization in low-cost manufacturing. Once the Chinese company was able to reproduce the American company's technology after stealing its proprietary source codes, the Chinese firm broke the partnership, canceled existing orders, and devastated the American company's revenue stream. The American company later filed several lawsuits in Chinese courts, which the Chinese company assets are located where they are, while the case continues to move slowly through the Chinese legal system, adding to the American company's legal fees, the Chinese company is reaping the profits of stolen technology. There are other examples after the bottom hour break that I will read to you, too. It is on and on and on and on. They are stealing us blind in 50 different ways. Not to help their people, but to build up their military. And in 20 years, our military believes that the Chinese military may well be more powerful than the American military. This is why President Trump is trying to confront this right now. More when I return. Levin Show, the pool feed for the conservative media. Dive in now, 877-381-3811. You see, a couple of things here, folks, as we continue to focus on what China has been doing to our military, our readiness, our private sector, stealing our technology and our jobs and all the rest. You see, if you really are a conservative who believes in free trade, if you are really a conservative who believes in a strong military, if you really are a conservative who believes in capitalism, then you realize that China is at war with us. And it can't be business as usual with a company that's at war with us. We can't just trade freely with that company, with that country. That's never been the position of free traders. China has and is committing acts of war and is in a state of war with the United States. It's just that we have a president now who's acknowledged it. And he's trying to push back. You may not agree with everything he's doing, but he's trying to fight back. And on all the coverage of this today, none of the context has been provided. None of it. It's just being treated as a business thing, a stock market thing. A tariff thing. But it's bigger than that. It's much bigger than that. To his credit, we're not talking now about across-the-board tariffs like the president did pretty much with steel and aluminum, which I strongly opposed. What he's saying now is, I'm focused on China. And while he can't come out and say China's our enemy, China views us as its enemy. So I can come out and say... China is our enemy. Hello, let me repeat it and underscore it. China is our enemy. I don't care how much of our debt it has. I don't care how much crap it ships into this country. We're not talking about trade and commerce here. We're not talking about markets here. 
They're stealing our technology. They're stealing our proprietary information. They're stealing our patents. That's not trade. And they're using it to empower their military to threaten us and target us. And same with our allies. It's about damn time we woke up to this. They're undermining our economic system. Not through trade, through theft. Now, let me go on. Some more examples of what the Chinese have done to our major industries. Our technology. In 2013, a private cyber firm, Mandiant, provided detailed technical information tracing the activities of a known cyber threat group, APT-1, to a building believed to house the PLAs, that is the Chinese military, second bureau of the General Staff Department's third department. According to Mandiant, the third department is responsible for conducting at least some of the Chinese military's computer network operations. Since 2006, the third department, Shanghai, Bay, well, you understand, as a aspect of the Chinese military, committed at least 141 network intrusions across 15 countries and 20 major industries, from information technology to financial services. 81% of the victims were organizations either located in the United States or with American-based headquarters. Mandiant concludes the unit receives direct government support. When you see this guy, Xi, smiling, happy as... He's a tyrant. Aside from its second bureau in Shanghai, the Chinese military's third department has another 11 operational bureaus, three research institutes, four operations centers, and 16 technical reconnaissance units in military regions with operational forces. Not all of these are directing their actions against the United States, and there are no public reports available about what cyber espionage they may have conducted like the Mandiant report about the Second Bureau. Well, they're not there uh, making pancakes, I can assure you of that. In an October 2011 report, the U.S. Office of the National Counterintelligence Executive linked multiple cyber intrusions and instances of intellectual property theft to Chinese individuals or China-based computer systems. The report concludes the growing interrelationship between Chinese and U.S. companies will offer Chinese government agencies and businesses increasing opportunities to collect sensitive U.S. economic information. In 2011, McAfee, you might be familiar with that, a U.S.-based Internet security firm, detailed a series of, quote, covert and targeted cyber attacks, dubbed Night Dragon. Originating primarily from servers in China, Night Dragon targeted oil, energy, petrochemical companies in the United States and other countries, ultimately gaining access to executive accounts and highly sensitive documents over several years. Also in 2011, McAfee detailed the activities of Operation Shady Rat, a cyber actor that comprised data from 49 U.S. entities, including defense contractors, energy companies, real estate companies, and information and communications technology firms, among others. Following the publication of McAfee's report, several security experts asserted that Operation Shady Rat 
was a Chinese government operation. And it goes on and on and on, folks. Now, there are going to be hearings on Facebook next week and their use of private information. In many cases, it's not really private when people go public with it, but whatever. We can have that debate another day. Right? But when we have the Chinese government, China with 1.5 billion people, the second biggest economy on the face of the earth, the second biggest military on the face of the earth, catching up with us by leaps and bounds, by stealing our technology, by ripping off our companies. Those are acts of war. Those are acts of war. Here's a piece. Let's see here. The IP Commission. Ever hear of the IP Commission? I bet you haven't heard of the IP Commission. Well, there's a commission out there that's monitoring this. China does not play by the rules, and it has gotten away with it for too long. James Andrew Lewis, Senior Vice President at the Center for Strategic and International Studies in Washington. As China has raced to become a high-tech manufacturing powerhouse, it stands accused by the U.S. government, industry groups, and think tanks of trying to take a shortcut by spying, hacking, or forcing companies to hand over their intellectual property. There's a commission called the Commission on the Theft of American Intellectual Property. It named China as the main offender, estimating it costs the American economy up to $600 billion a year. A year. American companies complain that Chinese authorities effectively make them hand over key technology in exchange for access to the world's second largest economy. Chinese rules require foreign firms who want to enter certain industries. This is a CNN piece, by the way, such as energy, telecommunication and auto to form joint ventures with local partners. I explained this about a month ago which often results in the transfer of technology to the Chinese companies, which means the Chinese government. Beijing also strongly encourages global businesses to carry out research and development activities inside China. And in the past year, Apple has announced plans to open R&D centers in four Chinese cities. Good for Apple, bunch of schmucks. And last month, in order to comply with new cybersecurity rules, It said it was setting up its first iCloud data center in China in partnership with a local firm. So China requires them to go on business with these local companies, as I explained last month, which are Chinese state-run companies. And then they steal the technology and they use it to expand their own economy, but mostly for their own military and intelligence services. Amazon and Microsoft already have local partners in their cloud Computing services in China. And Beijing has other ways of getting its hands on viable commercial information. Officials often insist on taking a close look at the technology that foreign companies want to sell in China. Chinese government authorities jeopardize the value of trade secrets by demanding unnecessary disclosure of confidential information for product approvals. And uh, China also has a strategic buying enterprise in which they try and buy certain companies in the United States or buy 
significant stock in these companies in hopes of gaining access to the technology as well. So they, this, is a, this is a complete, comprehensive strategy out of a central, tyrannical government stealing us blind. Worse than the mob, worse than anything we've ever seen in this country. Ever. And all I see on the news, trade tensions with China, trade tensions. A trade war. With no context whatsoever presented. No context whatsoever provided to the American people. All they're hearing is about a trade war. It's not about a trade war. It's about national security. It's about defending trade and commerce. Not a level playing field. We're talking about having a legitimate playing field. They're stealing from us. They're stealing from us. What does that have to do with legitimate trade and commerce? And now the the Chinese are threatening us. We will fight you every step of the way. Good. Now, I would encourage my conservative brothers and sisters out there to get behind the president on this. Get behind the president on this. This isn't about protectionism. It's not even really about tariffs. This is a war that's taking place. A different kind of war, a different level of war, but it is a war to protect our technology. It's a war to protect our private property. It's a war to protect our businesses. It's a war to protect the American people. I've got more. The research I've done today, which is significant. You know, we are so far behind on space technology. That is the the war-making space technology that we're going to have to spend years and years to catch up. I remember when Reagan was promoting the Strategic Defense Initiative, of course the left attacked him, tried to undermine him, tried to defund the projects, and were quite successful. They called it Star Wars because, you know, they hate America first. We say America first, they say hate America first. What are you going to do, weaponize space? You know, it's like having trained professionals in our schools to protect our children. What are you going to do, have more guns in the schools? The left will get us killed. The left will get this country absolutely destroyed. But so will the media. Where's the documentary from the media on what the Chinese and Russians are doing, in many cases jointly, in space? To knock out our satellites. To target our cities. To nuclearize space. Where's the documentary on that? You'll hear none of this on MSNBC. None of this on any of the cable channels. I don't know why. It's all here in the public record. It's all spread out on my desk. This is what I'm explaining. The Chinese have stolen information from us. Just to reiterate. On our missile defense systems. On the Aegis ballistic missile defense system. On the terminal high altitude aerial defense system on the Patriot Advanced Capability 3 system, on aircraft such as the F-35 Stealth, the F-A-18 fighter planes, the C-17 cargo plane, the UH-60 Black Hole helicopter, all compromised. 
the Navy's new lateral combat ship, and on and on and on, our control systems, our communication system. We have to sit here and watch this ass, Robert Mueller, concocting offenses. We have to watch these Democrats in Congress trying to remove the commander-in-chief at a time like this. The media, the pathetic, disgusting, poisonous media in this country, which have nothing to do with news and everything to do with propaganda, I tell you, these are, these are very, very scary times. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Now, I wanted to tell you about a little-known part of our tax code that's benefiting millions of Americans just like you. Retirement and investment experts know it as 408M3. Now, it can help protect your IRA or 401k from the devaluation of the U.S. dollar, from a significant drop in the stock market, as you're seeing right now, and potentially increase your long-term profits and minimize your capital gains tax. This section of the tax code allows you to take control of your retirement account and invest in physical precious metals like gold and silver. Now, let me tell you something. You see what's going on with the stock market? It goes up and it goes down. You got predictions now it's going to go down 40%. This is why you diversify. And if a financial advisor is worth his salt or her salt, that's what they're going to tell you. Diversify. And this is why I have gold. Not all gold. I diversify. But I have some, and I want it, and I'm glad I have it. Now, this section of the tax code, this 408M3, it allows you to take control of your retirement account and invest in physical precious metals like gold and silver. You can even transfer funds between existing retirement accounts without penalty, and the process is easy. And the folks at PM Capital, they can tell you a lot more about it. Call them right now. Learn how this little-known part of our tax code, 408M3, may help you protect and grow your retirement account. Call 877-382-2503. 877-382-2503. 877-382-2503. Or visit marklevingold.com, marklevingold.com. Now's the time to do it. Now's the time to do it, to diversify. And these folks will help you do it. That simple. Now this, this entity called the Commission on the Theft of American Intellectual Property. Did you even know it exists? IP is intellectual property. They put out a significant report. And in part, they say this. China, now listen to this whose industrial output now exceeds that of the United States. Hello? China, whose industrial output now exceeds that of the United States, remains the world's principal IP, intellectual property, infringer. China is deeply committed to industrial policies that include maximizing the acquisition of foreign technology and information, policies that have contributed to greater intellectual property theft. IP. IP theft by thousands of Chinese actors continues to be rampant 
And this is this year they put this out. They updated it. And the United States constantly buys its own and other states' inventions from Chinese infringers. In other words, they steal our technology, put it into its products, and then sell it back to us. And then sell it back to us. And, of course, they can sell it back to us cheaper because they didn't put the R&D in. They stole it from us. China, including Hong Kong, accounts for 87% of counterfeit goods seized coming into the United States. Counterfeit goods, meaning they steal our trademarks, they steal our technology, they steal our patents. Unbelievable. I'll be right back. Do you wake up in the morning feeling sluggish and have to drag yourself through your day? Do you feel bloated, tired, and out of shape? Eating healthy is a habit, but most of us don't really know exactly what we should be eating, right? How much we should be eating and how to properly prepare it. This is why I drink Field of Greens every morning before I start my day. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. Helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Now this is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the nutrition facts panel on the side. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com and get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. Now you know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com, BrickHouse, L-E-V-I-N.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. You know, it's Friday. Many people in this business, they take their foot off the gas pedal and they just kind of cruise. I don't. My foot's always on the gas pedal. I'm not here to waste your time. I want you to know this, by the way, because I'm not seeing it advertised on our favorite cable network. Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific Time, I interview for a full hour Sarah Palin on Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. I hope you'll check it out. I hope you'll DVR it if you can't watch it live, but it's a great way to end your weekend. It really is. These long-form interviews have become very, very popular with you, and I appreciate that. The point is to to have a guest who's compelling, who's interesting. We haven't heard from Sarah Palin in a while. Some of them will be famous. Some of them won't be famous. But they're consequential figures. Or they have been consequential figures. And uh, it'll be great. And it's a full hour without a whole bunch of interruptions and snideness and all the rest. So I hope you'll check it out. 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Pacific. This Sunday, Life, Liberty, and Levin on Fox. Now, this discussion about China, and, and, and during the break I was watching, is being discussed in the context of trade. Because obviously, tariffs and so forth involve trade. But that's not the right context. 
It needs to be discussed in the context of self-defense and national security. Let me repeat this. Self-defense and national security. You know, some of my friends and colleagues in the conservative movement are all over TV. And they're totally wrong because they're unfocused. We're not talking about when the president said 25% tariffs on steel across the board, 10% on aluminum across the board because of this, that, and the other. That's not this. This is directed at China because China's stealing us blind. They're violating our patents. They're violating our trademarks. They're violating broadly our proprietary uh, uh, information. They're stealing our military designs. Hundreds of billions of dollars of research and development. Government, government-related entities, and the private sector. Those are acts of cyber warfare. That has nothing to do with legitimate trade and markets. Nothing. I really want you to think about this, folks, because the so-called commentators on TV and radio, they're way off in left field. They're way off. They don't get it. They're arguing like this is some traditional economic issue. It's not. The president deserves credit on this. And I've been one of his biggest critics on across-the-board tariffs. And one of his biggest critics on his attacks on Amazon. And now I will be one of his greatest supporters in his trying to defend American enterprise and our military technology from these bums over there and the communist Chinese government who are stealing it from us. Now, I've been hearing today, and we'll hear all weekend, of course, members of the United States Chamber of Crony Capitalism and others are very nervous. How many of them have willingly ceded technology to the Chinese Communist Party? How many of them? We want to know who they are. They're worried about the stock market? We're all worried about the stock market. But one of the reasons we're here is because of companies like them. Like them. This isn't about trade per se, even though trade is involved. It's about national security. It's about defending our technology from thieves. It's about defending our companies from thieves. It's about defending our research and development and hundreds and hundreds of billions of taxpayer dollars. It's about defending our national security as the Chinese steal our military technology to build up their military and threaten us. The entire debate that's taking place in the media, on television, on radio, in the print media, is missing the point. It's missing the point. Here's another one. Washington Free Beacon, March 2016. A Chinese businessman pleaded guilty this week to conspiracy to hack computer networks of U.S. defense contractors. Anyway, the bottom line on this story, they stole our stealth technology. They hacked into our technology, into our designs on our F-22s and our F-35s. Hey, Mark, trade. That has nothing to do with trade. 
There is no bigger free trader than I. This is not trade. This is war. And you have individuals in this country who dress up as journalists, as hosts on TV in particular, who are so filled with hate and contempt for this president that their networks like MSNBC and CNN and the rest of them, they will spend more time trying to destroy the president of the United States than trying to inform the American people about the threats that we face. We have a political party, the Democrat Party, that allowed the Chinese to do this, that allowed the Russians to interfere in our election. And now, of course, and now, of course, they're attacking an administration that's trying to do something about it. The Russians and the Chinese are laying claim to the Arctic. Hello, to the Arctic. Russia in particular is militarizing the Arctic. There's something like six million acres up there, and they're claiming a half a million acres. Why? Because it is believed, it is estimated, that 30% of the world's oil, crude oil, is under the Arctic. They have a significant military presence in the Arctic. They just claimed it. They are constantly violating Denmark's airspace. They're making claims to territory that belongs to Denmark. China is helping them because the truth is Russia is a piss-poor country with about 160, 180 million people. And Putin spends an enormous amount of the nation's resources on the military. And China's working with them. And China's working with them. Now, the President of the United States, the President of the United States just put sanctions on seven Russian tycoons, these oligarchs, these billionaires who fund Putin, who are friends of Putin. Significant sanctions. And when Trump says nobody's been tougher on Russia than I have, there is no question that when it comes to him and Obama, that's true. Significant sanctions. Now, who are these people? Kirill Shamalov, who is reportedly Putin's son-in-law, married to his daughter, Katrina whatever. Although, of course, Putin and the Kremlin have never acknowledged that that's his daughter. Igor Rottenberg, the son of Arkady Rottenberg, a friend of Putin since they were teenagers. You see, this is how uh, autocracies work. Andre Kostin, named among government officials, heads the nation's second largest bank, VTB, which is controlled by the state. Alexei Miller, the longtime head of Gazprom, the state-controlled natural gas giant. Both Miller and Costin are longtime key members of Putin's team. This is how Putin has stolen over $40 billion from his own country. And so, it is just laughable 
laughable to claim that Donald Trump is colluding or has colluded with the Russians. It's just pathetic. As this goes on and on and on, and as I said behind this microphone yesterday near the end of the program, and I said on Hannity last night, well, well, wait a minute. Why do I have to say what I said? We have it right here, right, Mr. Producer? Let's go to cut seven because it relates to what's going on in this country on my appearance on Hannity last night. Cut seven, go. The big question now is what the president needs to do. Apparently the president's lawyers are negotiating with the special counsel over the idea that the president would speak with Robert Mueller. The president himself is like, I have nothing to hide. I'd speak with him. But if there's no underlying crime, if collusion is not a crime, and the president has the right to fire Comey or anybody else, and even Comey admitted as much, then the question is, you know, if they want to get into the president's mindset, your thoughts can't represent a crime, in my opinion. You're the constitutional expert. Would you allow, if the president was your client, would you allow him to speak to Robert Mueller? No. And let me tell you, I wouldn't allow him to speak for his sake and for the sake of the office of the presidency, because this is a rogue prosecutor who's investigating nothing. Do you understand that? He's investigating nothing. There is no underlying crime. When he got his appointment by the deputy attorney general, the deputy attorney general did not provide any basis for the appointment. That is, he didn't say, here are the criminal statutes I want you to investigate, because there aren't any. I want to make a point that I don't believe anybody else has made, and this is very, very important for the president and for the president's lawyers and the nation. The official position of the United States Department of Justice under a Democrat administration and a Republican administration was set out by the Office of Legal Counsel, that's the constitutional office within the Department of Justice, in two memorandums. And these memoranda say that a president of the United States cannot be indicted while he's in office. Cannot be indicted while he's in office. So he can't be a criminal target. President of the United States can't be a criminal target because he can't be indicted. That's the official position of Mr. Mueller's bosses over there at the Department of Justice. That's number one. Number two, I keep hearing, but what if he's subpoenaed to appear before the grand jury? Subpoenaed to appear before the grand jury. Well, then you go to the federal judge. And you say to the federal judge, Your Honor, my client can't be indicted. That's the position of his bosses. So why is he going in front of a federal grand jury? Well, we need him as a witness. A witness to what? What criminal statute or what criminal violations do you think he was a witness to that he needs to testify to? Well, we think he may have committed obstruction. And even though we may not charge him, excuse me, Mr. Mueller, this is a criminal grand jury. This isn't being done so you can issue your report. So there are many constitutional obstacles, of course, to this argument that the president obstructed justice. So firing a subordinate is obstructing justice? That's absurd. If that's obstructing justice, then when Mr. Mueller fired Mr. Stroke, maybe that's obstruction of justice, too, interfering with an investigation. What I'm saying is... When I watch people come on TV and say, well, he can be subpoenaed. Well, anybody can be subpoenaed. He's the president of the United States, and you damn well better have a strong reason for trying to drag him in front of a grand jury. That's number one. Number two, a federal judge is not going to just accept that kind of a spectacle, and Mr. Mueller knows it. That's why they're trying to negotiate and reach some kind of a deal. You're going to drag a president who's dealing with all these issues all over the world, who's dealing with China and Russia and North Korea and Iran and so forth and so on, and bring him in front of a grand jury, a judge is not going to want that kind of a constitutional crisis. 
That's why Mr. Mueller's trying to negotiate some basis to interview Mr. Trump. But if I were Mr. Trump, I'd say, you know what? I didn't do anything wrong, and that's exactly why I'm not talking to you. That's number one. I'm going to protect this office for Democrats and Republicans who are elected president of the United States. That's number two. And uh, you have crimes that you want to prosecute? Go for it, baby. But I didn't commit a crime. Uh, I'm not going to be indicted. I'm not going to be dragged in front of a federal grand jury. And that's that. That's what the president should say. Mark Lovin. San Francisco, the great KSFO. Go. Hey, Mark. I'm so glad you've taken up the mantle on this. This is long, long overdue. And Trump and you are just barely scratching the surface on this right now. Um, this has been going on for years and years, and people are not aware of how, how deep it is in there. I mean, it, it kind of sounds like I'm paranoid, but I'm, a, um, um, I'm in the tech industry, have been for mm-hmm. a while, and I've been watching... Very. To give you an example of how sophisticated they are, 15 years ago, not too many people know this, they managed to trick the servers on the Internet to where the servers located in China were the closest servers. And the way the Internet works, it automatically rerouted one-third of all Internet traffic went through China. Wow. Once it's going through the nation like that, you can record everything going across, military um, um, data, passwords, everything. Financial, people's banking information. Everything is there, and it did it for eight hours. People on this site did not think it was possible to do that. They, They ended up doing something which was considered impossible. And it didn't get very much press, as most things in there. Um, uh, and the other company in there, American Superconductor, the wind farm one you talked about, yes. that had their technology stolen, they had to lay off 600 people mm-hmm. because of that. And you're and, big in the uh, tech world, right? What's that? And, you know, and you're, 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 a, you're a figure in the tech world, correct? Well, I wouldn't say a figure in there. I I, I end up watching a lot of um, um, mostly European television, so I'm watching what's happening over in Europe. Um, mm-hmm. The Germans are they're doing the same thing to Germany that they're doing to us here, because in Germany you have a lot of um, firms that are really big on robotics. And they're going in and buying them up, and what they do is they bring a figurehead in that seems like he's a... Um, I'm not accusing Jack Ma. I'm just using him because I know him as a as a um, entrepreneur. But they're, they're basically using somebody as a figurehead, where it looks like the company is this one guy in charge of the company. But they have maybe five show companies underneath, and you have to go through the show companies to see who really owns the company. And when German television did that, all of a sudden the state really owns the company, mm-hmm. not the person who's the figurehead. So it, it goes much, much deeper than what a lot of people realize in there. And uh, why, why do you think um, the media in this country, including talk radio, quite frankly, um, aren't paying attention to this? When I first ran across it, I almost couldn't believe it myself. I mean, how, how deep it goes on that. Um, I, I, like I said, I've been following this for years, and, and nobody does it. There's, there's a show that was on German television a year ago that half-hour show uh, it was actually a French-produced documentary in German with an English translation. And I was talking about a lot of the examples you gave. But that show is usually on their website, on DW Television. It disappeared six weeks later. I did a Google search on it, and all Google, Google references are gone. 
in there. Um, I, you know, fortunately, one of my clients ripped a copy, so I do have. So a why copy the cover up? I don't know, because I don't, people because if if people really knew what was going on, they would be concerned like you are. Mm-hmm. All right, Tim. Appreciate your call, brother. We'll be right back. for middle ground there is no middle ground talk with mark levin now at 877-381-3811 i know this format is frenetic meaning people want to bounce from issue to issue guest to guest and so forth and so on and sometimes that's fine but sometimes you need to slow down and you need to get into an issue and you need to explain an issue And you need to actually take the time and do some research behind an issue. This is a magnificent format. It's magnificent. I have three hours. Most hosts have two or three hours. To to squander it, to me, is very, very foolish. I didn't get into radio because I uh, couldn't dance and sing, and I figured, let me do radio. I get into radio because I believe in certain things. I believe in certain things. And that doesn't mean it can't be entertaining. That it can't be compelling. Even bracing. You know. I believe you hunger for content. I believe you hunger for content. You can read websites. We don't need to take websites and give them voice on radio. There may be some important things on websites, and they deserve credit, and I'm not opposed to that at all. But you don't need me to read websites. Uh, And sometimes it seems to me, if you're in a position like this, you have an obligation to dig deeply and to discuss these things and take the time to go through them. Now, I've been discussing this issue now. For over an hour and a half, over half the program. We're going to take some calls, so it may be two-thirds of the program by the time we're done. I don't know if we'll get into the third hour with that or not. I have a few other things I want to get into. But that's really, I think, why this medium is so important. I really do. So we can take the time. And that's why I decided to do the Fox Sunday show. When they asked me to do a show on Fox, I said, okay, I want to do a long-form interview show. I don't want to do what everybody else does, and I'm not against what everybody else does, and much of it's compelling. That's not my point. My point is there's a place and time for everything, as they say. And my place and my time is different than a lot of other people. You know, the head of FEMA says a culture of preparedness is needed to overcome his administration's failures and prevent future devastation. Government is what government is, which is far from perfect. In fact, it's frequently very imperfect. Hurricanes and wildfires are only weeks away from being in season, and they're expecting a very bad hurricane season in this country. And for things like earthquakes or power grid attacks, there's virtually no warning. 
And more and more, our power grid is being attacked, and that is frightening. Now, this means that the best time to prepare is right now, today, and start with emergency food storage. I trust my Patriot Supply. They've helped millions get prepared over the past decade. And their 72-hour emergency food supply is only $17.76 plus free shipping. You should take action right now. 800-294-2325. Or use this special website they set up exclusively for us, preparewithmark.com. Now, the food is really good. And, and it lasts 25 years in storage. Three days of food. Now, look, that's the bare minimum female rep recommends for, uh, for each American. So order your food kits. They're available right now. Call 800-294-2325 or go to preparewithmark.com. Make sure everyone in your family has one of these packages. That's 800-294-2325 or prepare preparewithmark.com. All right? All right, let's take some more calls here. Uh, Stay on the subject. Let us go to, let me look. Corey, West Palm Beach, Florida, on the Mark Levin app. Go. Mark, how are you this evening? Good. Thank you, sir. Honored as always. Thanks for all you do. Two quick points. Um, Yep. The World Trade Organization, I don't know why Trump can't use leverage. The billions, if not hundreds of billions of dollars of intellectual property rights that China has stolen. Well, we actually, I looked into that. And we have gone to the World Trade Organization. Past administrations have. And we won. And China blows it off. Yeah, because... You know what they do? They slow walk it. They slow walk it. There are appeals that are made from the World Trade Organization, and in the meantime, they're using the technology that they stole. Unbelievable. So they play the system. One quick second point. I have a good friend. You'd you'd like him. He's an American hero. He He was in the military flying Black Hawk helicopters, and afterwards he got a job with Sikorsky as a test pilot. And uh, he goes up to the Connecticut headquarters a lot. I said, can you get me a tour in there? He said, well, we used to be able to have family and friends in there all the time, but then pictures of uh, uh, some of our equipment and hardware ended up on a Chinese website. So now no one's allowed in there. Like Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Listen, uh, I'm jealous you're in West Palm Beach, Florida right now. I really am. (laughs) All right, Corey. God bless my friend. Thank you. Steve, another part of the country. Orange County, California, on AM870, The Answer. How are you, sir? Great, Mark. Good to speak with you. I love your show. Thank you. Um, I got a question. Something struck me. During the investigation by Mueller, since it's totally illegal, and it is a conspiracy between him, Rosenstein, the FBI... All right, let's, let, let's, let, let's slow down. It's not actually a legal conspiracy. Why can't... Uh, he put a halt to it until he has the military police investigate this, this attempt to overthrow the government of the United States. That's what it is. Well, well, well. You want the president to call out the military police to do what? To, to investigate. All right, sir, you, sir. You're calling the wrong host. I, the, the, presidents don't call out the military police for domestic matters, including investigating prosecutors and FBI agents and so forth. That's not our system. So uh, that's not that's not something that's going to happen. Mark, Lancaster, Pennsylvania, on the Mark Levin app. Go. 
Hey, it's an honor, Mark. Listen, uh, talk to you here. Hey, Thank I you. don't know if, if my uh, history, well, I remember if history is correct. About the time the Chinese... Let me, let me just stop you one second, really. I'm, 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 I'm going to get back to you. One of the reasons the president, I meant to mention this anyway, talks about a space force, okay? One of the reasons the president talks about a space force is because Russia and China have militarized space and we have next to nothing. And so he sees this and he's trying to catch up. You know, I, I have to say this, and Mark, I want your thoughts on this too. This president says some things and he comes under attack every time he opens his mouth, every time he has a suggestion. Now, you can disagree with him, but there's a reason he wants a space force. Not because he wants to militarize space, because it is militarized, and he wants to address what the Russians and the Chinese have done. Go ahead, sir. So it kind of goes back to my point. Uh, back when the Chinese were sleeping in the White House guest room, didn't the Clintons move the... Um the okay of technology out of the State Department. Yes, you'll recall, well, you'll, that's an excellent point. And you recall that the MIRV technology for missiles, they couldn't figure out the Chinese had a MIRV missiles, in other words, multiple warheads. And they were having trouble launching satellites. Remember that? They were crashing. Right, they were crashing it before then. So the window they were... Tra- so hold on, I just want to slow you down a little bit. So in a little over 20 years, they've gone from not being able to have multiple warheads on a single missile, and not to be able to successfully and predictably fire satellites into space to where they are today. That's how much they've stolen from us. And how they can almost knock down our satellites out of the sky now. That, yeah, and, by, and they can, and, and uh, we're, we're almost defenseless. And where would we be if Hillary had gotten in there? How much more technology would they have gotten from? Well, of course. My, my question is, how come no president has changed, how am I wrong, has any president changed that back, back to the State Department? Why, why didn't Bush Well, I, I don't, I, honestly, I'm not, I don't know if they moved it back to the State Department or not, but whether it's in the State Department, Commerce Department, or Agriculture Department, uh, your point is that we have an export regime in place, and these technologies are not allowed to be exported. But you see, they're getting around that, the Chinese. They're not waiting around for export permission. They have figured out how to get around all this, which is the whole point of my first hour of the program. All right, Mark, good call. Thank you, sir. Joanne, Central Oregon, Sirius Satellite, go. Hi, Mark. Thank you. God bless you for your show. I just listen to it as much as I can. Thank you. Um, I have a question. I think that the Chinese... Is their, their objective is more diabolical than what you're portraying because I've met people up in Vancouver, British Columbia. I've met people in the Eastern Caribbean, and they all state that the Well, Chinese let me say this. In. The defeat of the United States, it can't be much more diabolical than that. But I know what you're going. Go ahead. Well, they have citizens, Chinese citizens, that have taken over their city and are driving their economy, and, and they're ruthless. And so I think their objective is more than just taking over the economy. How is it that communist citizens... No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's national security, too. I, I mentioned the phrase geopolitical. And uh, I haven't gotten to that yet, <clears throat> but you're right. They're building bases in our hemisphere, economic, uh, also e- economic uh, treaties and arrangements in our hemisphere. Uh, they're doing the same thing in Africa. They're doing the same thing in the Middle East. Chinese are on the move. They're on the move. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Joanne, thank you for your call. 
And we have a president who's trying to deal with it. That's why it's laughable if you really think the Chinese are trying to pull the chain on North Korea. To the extent that the people in North Korea eat, it's because of the Chinese. To the extent there's any technology in North Korea, it's because of the Chinese. You really think that Chinese don't want the North Koreans to uh, have nukes? It's so ridiculous. Of course they do. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. sick and tired of this phrase, white privilege. I am sick and tired of the racialization of human beings in this country by the left and by a certain political party. Attacking people because of their skin color. I mean, this is an absolute disgusting, you know, newer type of attack. I mean, it's just... So now we have white privilege. So any white person who's successful is successful because they're privileged. White privilege. What does that mean? This, this is getting sick. It's getting sicker by the day. The racism that is now rampant in this country since the Obama administration... And the Democrat Party that feeds on it and perpetuates it and exploits it because they cannot tolerate harmony among people. And yet when you look around the world where people really are balkanized on religion and race and other things, it is a horrible, horrible society. Horrible. White privilege? People in this country break their ass. They work hard. Not sitting around thinking about pigmentation. Some fail. Some succeed. Some are honest. Some are dishonest. We're human beings. Everybody's an individual. Sick and tired of it. We need to confront it. We need to speak out. With the race baiters in this country. The Democrat Party. Always race baiting. Always. By the way, uh, tomorrow I intend to see the movie Chappaquiddick. With my beautiful wife. We're going to see the movie Chappaquiddick. For decades. Decades. The Democrats covered up for Ted Kennedy. For decades. The media covered up for Ted Kennedy. When you watch that movie. I want you to realize. That this was the lion of the Senate. This is the man the media loved. This is the man who was praised by Barack Obama. Over and over again. And his mentor. I want you to remember that. When you watch the movie. You know, we just learned that Saks Fifth Avenue and Lord and Taylor were breached, exposing consumers' financial information. And Facebook shared information on 50 million users. They've been, you know, there have been breaches at FedEx and Equifax and Netna and Expedia. And, of course, I've been talking about China and these other foreign entities. Nearly every week, personal information is comprised somewhere. It's compromised. So listen, if you go online or use credit cards, you're vulnerable. Now, I'm not taking any chances. I'm covered by my ID care and so are my parents. Get covered now for less than 10 bucks a month at myidcare.com. 
Use promo code and you'll even get 15% off. Now, if I didn't think my ID care was the best, they wouldn't be my sponsor. But I came to learn after I studied that they are the best. And so I switched to them. MyIDCare.com, promo code MARK. Or call 866-334-3084. That's 866-334-3084. One more time. 866-334-3084 or myidcare.com, promo code Mark. Now you're thinking, Mark, it's Friday evening. You know, nobody's around. They're around. Just because the government shuts down doesn't mean you can't, you can't call them. They're around. And they're there to help you. My ID care covers my parents and me from nine types of identity theft and provides a 100% identity recovery guarantee if a customer does fall victim or your money back. And you can't get this level of protection anywhere else, period. Why don't you trust who I trust? Learn more. Get 15% off myidcare.com, promo code MARK. Or call 866-334-3084 and get your 15% off. 866-334-3084. All right. Let me see if I can pull my... There it is, my call screen. Let us go to John, Minneapolis, Sirius Satellite. Go. Hi, Mark. Um, my comment on uh, Trump testifying t- to Mueller is that I don't think he should do it um, for the obvious reasons, but... I think one of the reasons that is important is that he'd be adding legitimacy to what I consider to be an illegitimate enterprise. Mm -hmm. I think that's an important reason. I don't think it's the number one reason, but I think that's an important reason, and also to protect the office of the presidency from this sort of thing. Absolutely. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Jack, Columbia, South Carolina, the great WVOC. Go. Mr. Levin, it is an honor to speak with you tonight. I'd like to discuss appeasement. Yes. Um, Ronald Reagan in 1964 gave a speech called A Time for a Choosing where he discussed this very subject and he warned us that appeasement leads to war. And for 30 years we've been appeasing the Chinese, the Islamo-Nazis, the communists around this world, and now we're appeasing them here in our own country, and it scares me. Mr. Reagan was very intelligent and very smart and very versed on the real world, and I'm watching us ignore his lesson in history, mm-hmm. and now I see Donald Trump applying what Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. taught us, and the world is going insane over no, it. You're right. And they went insane, you'll recall, when Reagan was taken on the Soviet Union, and his position was, you know, I can defeat this country. I don't need to appease it. And they accused him of uh, being a warmonger. They actually did movies about... Uh, the fallout from nuclear war and so forth and so on. I mean, he was brutalized. So to, re- to repeat another Reagan line for Donald Trump, stay the course, Mr. President. Stay the course. Good call, Jack. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from, from the underground command post. Deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, 
Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Ever hear the MCAT? Ever hear the MCAT? It's an excellent piece in the uh, Weekly Standard. You should hear the MCAT. And as Devorah Goldman puts it, in 2015, this is important, the Association of American Medical Colleges revised the medical college admissions test. Now, this is for future doctors. For the first time in a quarter century, stretching the full exam day experience from about five hours to eight or more hours. Now, the test drew attention at the time for its sheer length. Here we go. Less widely noted was the explicitly ideological bent on the new exam. So, kids graduating from college, going into medical school, or wanting to go into medical school, they need to take this exam, the medical college admissions test. So they not only made it longer, but what else did they do to it, to future doctors? Well, let's continue. The AAMC, the Association of American Medical Colleges, occupies a curious place in the world of medicine. It forms one half of the only government-approved accrediting entity for U.S. medical schools, and it is solely in charge of administering both the MCAT, remember that's the Medical College Admissions Test, and the National Standardized Medical School Application. Unlike the American Medical Association, which represents physicians' groups without exercising much direct control over doctors, the AAMC, the, Ameri- the Association of American Medical Colleges, has immediate and significant authority immediate and significant authority over its constituent medical schools and academic health centers. And in recent years, it has used this leverage to fundamentally alter the way medical schools assess applicants. Dr. Daryl Kirch, K-I-R-C-H, President and CEO of the Association of American Medical Colleges, expressed his vision in a candid 2011 speech at the University of California, Davis. Now, you know you're you're headed into trouble there. Here's what he said. I'm a man on a mission. I believe it is critical to our future to transform health care. I'm not talking about tweaking it. I'm not talking about some nuanced improvements here and there. I'm talking about true transformation. Now, in that address and others, he described the AAMC's mission. Holistic Review Project is what he called it, which the organization launched in 2007 with the goal of redefining what makes a good doctor. Stick with me here. This affects you. Now, the project's objectives included revisiting the MCAT, this medical school exam, and a wide range of other reforms, a series of new guidelines, called on medical school admissions teams to place less emphasis on applicants' grades, changed the requirements for letters of recommendation, and altered the standardized application by requesting a great deal more information about the student's upbringing and life experiences. It's also planning to add situational judgment tests, quote-unquote, carefully crafted interviews, which applicants will be presented with a variety of hypothetical scenarios involving ethical conflicts to the current admissions requirements. 
And along with the new test, these changes are part of Kirch's plan to shift the focus of medical school admissions toward a new excellence, he calls it, a new excellence, a standard based less on tests and more on, listen to this, the attitudes, values, and experiences of applicants. Now, I've seen this test. And what they're doing and what they have done is they've pushed a social engineering essay and interview aspect on this test. That's what it's done. The AAMC has also successfully advocated for changes in medical curricula. A philosophy major, Kirch, so Kirch is a philosophy major, likes to tell the story of his unconventional journey to becoming a psychiatrist, stressing the importance of integrating perspectives from non-medical fields into medical training. He's repeatedly expressed his desire to move medical studies away from the accumulation of facts and towards a new paradigm. He sounds exactly like John Dewey of 100 years ago who destroyed our public educational system. And I guarantee you that Kirch is a Dewey aficionado. I guarantee you. Now, whether this is scientifically sound or not, it has become the norm in many pre-med programs, which now offer interdisciplinary majors, such as Columbia University's Medicine, Literature, and Society track, or Cornell's Biology and Society. A number of medical schools have also revised their mission statements to better align with the AAMC's principles. New paradigm. What will it entail? Kirch often insists that social justice is the neglected core tenet of medical ethics. In a, 20, <coughs> excuse me, in a 2015 essay, he praised the White Coats for Black Lives Movement, a medical student organization inspired by Black Lives Matter, for, quote, sparking dialogue rather than division, unquote, by, quote, staging on-campus die-ins, unquote. White coats for black lives lobbies, white coats, doctors, white coats for black lives lobbies, among other things, for the creation of, quote, national medical school curricular standards, unquote, that would mandate the teaching of, quote, structural racism, unquote, and unconscious racial bias, quote, unquote, in medical school. Kirch has also praised the AAMC's political advocacy efforts, which lean left on most issue. Anyone who registers to take the MCAT automatically receives frequent action alerts issued by the AAMC's Government Affairs and Advocacy Division, which serves as the organization's lobbying arm. In recent months, the AAMC has weighed in on immigration reform and the Trump administration's travel ban. Kirch one boasted half-jokingly, that the AAMC was the author of some of the most vague language in the Affordable Care Act. But it is Kurtz reform, so-called, of the MCAT, this medical entrance exam, that raises the most concern. The AAMC began redesigning the test in 2009, but only received approval for the revisions in 2012. In an announcement reported by the New York Times that year, Kirch explained, quote, the goal is to improve the medical admissions process to find the people who you and I want as our doctors. Being a good doctor isn't just about understanding science, it's about understanding people. Let me tell you something. 
if you're suffering from heart disease or diabetes or cancer or, or, or scores and scores of maladies, you're not interested in the social science views of the doctor. You want the best you can get. Well, you can see what's happening here. They're dumbing it down. They're dumbing it down. I wrote about this in Ameritopia in the greatest of depth. What's going on in this society? How this is being pushed? And of course, in Rediscovering Americanism, I took it to a new level. And I explained who John Dewey is and how John Dewey destroyed public education. And it is the Dewey doctrine that is pushed by the left. Even to get into medical school, even with our medical schools. Now this exam, one new section of the exam entitled Psychological, Social, and Biological Foundations of Behavior requires test takers to respond to multiple choice questions in which both the question's premise and the available answers are at best often distantly related to medicine. So let's say you have a kid. He or she has gone to one of the top schools. Let's just pick one, William and Mary. And they graduate near the top of the class. And their exams are outstanding. And they've got outstanding extracurricular activity. And they want to be doctors. That's not good enough. That's not good enough. You see, progressivism has seeped into every aspect of our society. Even on how these schools choose their medical students. And you and I have apparently no control over this. You know, white privilege and all that stuff. One MCAT practice question from a collaboration between the AAMC and online educational nonprofit Khan Academy, for example, asks whether the wage gap between men and women, now this is a medical exam, to get into medical school, whether the wage gap between men and women is the result of bigotry, sexism, racism, or biological differences. No other options are provided, and the correct answer is sexism. Another asks whether the, quote, lack of minorities such as African-Americans or Latinos, Latinas, among university faculty members is due to symbolic racism, institutional racism, hidden racism, or personal bias. And by the way, the correct answer is institutional racism. Yet another asks test takers to select from a list of debatable definitions for the terms sex and gender. Now, taken on their own, Those questions may not seem particularly invidious. I would argue, taken on their own, they are particularly invidious. And it would be easy enough for a good test taker to select answers that would be marked as correct, whether he or she agreed with them or not. But the changes, nonetheless, reflect this guy Kirch's greater goal, to test not just what students know, as he said in the 2015 interview about the test, but how they think. And let me say, it's not to test how they think. It's to test their politics. In response to questions about the de- these developments and their, their effects, the AAMC's executive vice president, Dr. Atul Grover, referred to a set of core principles guiding the organization's recent work. An AAMC report outlining those principles describes the organization as, quote, a powerful voice for compassion, equity, and justice on behalf of the nation's academic medical institutions and stresses the importance of advancing a well-trained, culturally competent, and diverse health and biomedical workforce. 
And Grover further explained that the revised MCAT tests students on knowledge and skills that future physicians need to practice in changing healthcare system and serve a changing patient population and establishes a foundation for learning about the socio-cultural and behavioral determinants of health. And according to Grover, the periodic review and updating of standardized tests are considered a best practice, and the changes to the MCAT were called for in part because the health system of tomorrow requires a different kind of physician. I'm quoting. He explained that the impact of these changes on applicants and medical schools is currently being evaluated by a group of 18 medical schools. So they're destroying our medical system in a hundred ways. You go to school, you work hard. Let's say you work harder than most of the other students. You get top, top of the class grades, top of the class GPA. You do extracurricular work in the medical field because you know you want to go to medical school. And that's okay. But when it comes, comes down to it, they're more concerned about your ethnicity, your race, and your politics. That is an abomination. How the hell do these masterminds get into these positions? And it becomes incestuous. One appoints another. Then they vote for others to come in. Groupthink. Progressivism. The bastardization of our educational system. Helpins, happens in the law. In the teaching profession. Now in medical But I thought you'd want to know. I thought you'd want to know. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Don't forget, Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. I have a full hour interview with Sarah Palin. She's great. I hope you'll check it out. It's amazing what we do here, Mr. Producer, isn't it? We do this, what? And the next thing you know, it appears on cable TV. Boom, just like that. I don't mind doing the research for them. All right, now we're getting near the end of the program, and I saved it for the end of the program because it's certainly not worth starting the program with it, and that's Michelle Obama. Now, she's loved by the media, but I have to say, she says some of the dumbest things I've ever heard any first lady say. Predictably left-wing and just plain dumb. Cut five, go. And I think a lot of what we're seeing is what happens when we take things for granted. Mm -hmm. When we think that everything's okay. And I always sort of felt like the eight years that Barack was president, it was sort of like having the... The good parent at home. No, 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 no. no. Trust me, it was like having a uh, eight-year prison sentence for the rest of us. Trust me on that. Go ahead. You know, <laughs> the responsible parent, the one that told you to eat your carrots and go the to one bed that was time. smoking cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, that one. Oh yeah. Before that, he was a pothead. The responsible parent, hanging out with domestic terrorists. Yo, that responsible. Oh yeah, that that that. that. Responsible parents screwed up our health care system, left the border wide open, eviscerating the military, crapping all over law enforcement. That responsible parent. Oh, okay, go ahead. And now perhaps we have the other parent Uh. in the house. 
And, Don't you get uh, sick of the uh, ladies and gentlemen being talked to like you're a third grader by Michelle Obama? Like she's reading some uh, some book to you. Go ahead. We thought it'd feel fun. Maybe it feels fun to some for now because... Who is we? Is there somebody sitting on her shoulder, some ghost or something? We thought it went... Who, who is she talking about? To whom is she speaking? And by the way, uh, Michelle, remember that stupid garden you had? Where you pretend you actually worked it? It doesn't exist anymore. That's right. Go ahead. We can eat candy all day and, mm-hmm. you know, stay up late. <laughs> what? What? Go ahead. Not follow the rules and, you know, and we're going to sort of at that point in time be able to look at those two experiences and see how we feel. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think... And, and gonna- the, of course, the, the, the host... Yep, 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 yep. I don't know what the hell she's saying, but yep, yep. Go ahead. Young people, the next generation of leaders to really determine... Yes, a what- million Barack Obamas. Remember Obama? You know, we need a million of me. Oh, there's a guy who has his ego under control. Go ahead. They want to be in, and, and voting has got to be a part of that, that equation. That's what yes, happened yes. in this instance. Yes. I don't think that we got confused on direction. Mm-hmm. I think we got caught up. Who in is we? Why don't you talk like your husband? I, I, and I, and I, and then, and then we're like, we got caught. We screwed up. We, we. What are we, French? We, we. We got screwed up, you see. We got screwed up. Now, I'm not done. Uh, she has more to say, her pearls of wisdom. The media lover. She's just unbelievable. The same media who thought Joe Biden was a genius. I'll be right back. Conservatism with passion. The Mark Levin Show. Call in now. 877-381-3811. Now don't go yet. We got more, Michelle. Oh, she's just unbelievably brilliant. About we, you know, we just, you know, we. Something wrong with we, you know. It's time to give your bathroom the cleaning it deserves, folks. Get rid of all the junk that's lying around. Freshen it up with high-quality products from Dollar Shave Club. A Dollar Shave Club delivers everything you need to look, smell, and feel your best. Razors, shave butter, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste, everything. I get an amazing, high-quality shave using my Dollar Shave Club executive razor. You know, it's harder when you have a slight beard. you got to have a really damn good razor, and I do. And their Dr. Shavers, Dr. Carver's shave butter is fantastic. goes on clear. So you can see what you're actually doing, you know, like where you're shaving. And since DSC delivers everything to you, you don't have to set foot in a store, wandering through the aisles, hunting for razors, shampoo, body wash, toothpaste. None of it comes right to you. So clean up your bathroom and your morning routine. Join Dollar Shave Club today. Just five bucks. With free shipping, you'll get the six-blade executive razor plus trial sizes of shea butter and body cleanser. It is a great deal. Then keep the blades coming for a few bucks more a month. Get yours at dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. That's dollarshaveclub.com slash mark. Now, more from Michelle Obama. 
Our greatest first lady, I would say. The greatest one we've ever had. Not Dolly Madison. No, no, no. Not Nancy Reagan. Not Laura Burton. No. Michelle is the best ever. Why? I don't know. She did such a swell job with that school lunch program. Our kids are overweight, so she put together a plan to make sure they'd be on a crash diet and they lose weight because they wouldn't eat the food. They hated the food. Michelle Obama, cut six, go. We have to remember that the power for change is within us. The power for change is within us. What the hell does that mean? Nothing. Go ahead. We are the answer that we seek. We Um, are the answer that we seek. This sounds like uh, an AP course at McDonald's University, Mr. Producer, doesn't it? All right, everybody, line up. At the, uh, at the uh, fry cooker. Okay, now remember, we're the answer that we seek. Yes, we're everybody. We're the answer that we seek. Okay, now remember, the power for change is within The power for change is within us. Go ahead. And we're here because, uh, once again, a lot of people didn't vote. What do you mean we're here because a lot of people didn't vote? Go ahead. Or it, it's it's true. People sat out, or people were hedging bets, or women weren't comfortable voting for a woman. Sadly, what the hell is this? Maybe the better candidate won. Maybe liberalism was rejected. Maybe we had enough of you and your husband. What do you think of that? That's right, I said it. Maybe we couldn't stand you anymore. Women wouldn't vote for women. That's it. Is that why Sarah Palin lost as the vice presidential candidate? What do you think of her, Michelle? I'm so sick of this. Go ahead. And we, we especially in this room, we have to own that reality. Yes, we do. We have to, to own that- what reality? Hey, look. We are the answer that we seek. The stupidity of this is really hard to take. We are the answer that we seek. But we are the problem that we are. We're the numbskulls that are the numbskulls. You are the woman who wouldn't vote for a woman. (laughs) Go ahead. Deeper question for us today as women. Yes. yes. Well, I'm not a woman, first of all. What's going on inside of us where we're still afraid to embrace a different vision of leadership. Uh, what the hell are you rambling on about? Different vision of leadership? You mean the corrupt Hillary? That vision of leadership? What's wrong with you women out there that you won't vote for a woman? They don't want to vote for a liberal, corrupt woman. Go ahead. Because to me, that's what that says. Right. It says that... By the way, they, 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 the host is in. Right, yep, right. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, right, right. She's rambling. I don't even know what the hell she's saying. Does anybody know what she's saying? Go ahead. Qualified candidate in this last race was a woman. <laughs> and she wasn't perfect. But she was <sighs> way more perfect. No, she was corrupt and really a criminal. I agree. She wasn't perfect. But look, what do you want? Go ahead. 
And by, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, uh, let me ask Michelle Obama a question. Michelle, may I call you Michelle? Uh, when your husband was running against this woman in the Democrat primary in 2008, and uh, why did he choose to run against her? Is it because he hates women? Because he didn't want to face a new reality? Why did your husband run against Hillary Clinton? Is it because he's sexist? Why? Your husband stood in the way of the nomination of Hillary Clinton to be president of the United States. I I need to know. I mean, I'm not a woman and all, but, you know, it is a fair question, I think. Now, she wasn't perfect, our friend Hillary. She wasn't perfect. But neither is Barack, of course. You know, an old-time pothead and hanging around with domestic terrorists, you know, stuff like that. And the anti-Semite as a reverend. And by the way, you were in that pew, too. What were you doing there? That, that's a whole other story. So why did Barack Obama stop Hillary Clinton from potentially becoming the first female pre- president? Continue. It's over already? Well, that audience sure got its money's worth, didn't it? She sounded almost as moronic as Al Gore. Really. Almost as moronic. May I say that? May I say that about the former first lady? Moronic. And I say that with all due respect. Rambling on. Rambling on. You know, they attacked Sarah Palin and so forth and so forth. This, this uh, Michelle Obama, that, that's, that's not even a cogent, coherent thought. Sentences are incomplete. Throwing around the plural we, we, when she's attacking us, us, you, you. Her husband was I, I. Uh, but anyway, uh, pretty nasty coming from a former first lady. Usually they keep their mouth shut. They don't talk about the, the president who follows uh, their husbands. But they can't do that. She can't control it. Hillary Clinton lost because she was lousy, and people didn't want her. And thank God. Thank God. Now they're trashing women. Women wouldn't vote for women. They're trashing women. They couldn't face the new reality. Stuck in the old reality. People didn't vote for Hillary because didn't, they didn't want her to be president. No, 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 because you're against women. This, this is the uh, scam that's going on here. It's a scam. I have voted for women before. Hell, I even married one. Wait a minute. Now that's a problem, you see. No, no, no. You're in the old reality. We've got to do a new reality. All these new realities, I'm quite confused, quite frankly. But Michelle Obama, I must say I don't miss Michelle Obama in the least. I really don't. Our greatest first lady in American history, I really don't miss her. And I don't think the school children in America do. Either. Now they can actually eat. Sam, Little Rock, Arkansas, Sirius Satellite, go. Hey, uh, Mark, did you actually marry a woman? Yes, I did. You know, they say, Billy Joel says, an angry young man dies an angry old man. And I can't believe you sat there and spew that hate. Yeah, well, you Make know. your living off uh, other people's misery and, yes. and uh, freaking incompetence in who yes. they vote for. Yes. So, uh, you know, congratulations. You've done a really good job. Thank you. 
Thank you. Uh, I appreciate it. You're very, very welcome. Yes, sir. Thank you. God bless. All right. God bless and keep hope alive and give peace a chance. Paul, New Jersey, the great WABC. Go. Hello, Mark. How are you doing? Okay. How are you? Uh, number one, that guy was an idiot. No, <laughs> oh, he was Man, just that, kidding. He, he was just oh, kidding. Yes, he yes. was kidding. But yes. anyway, um, uh, your discussion about AANC uh, kind of segued or bolstered what I had initially called about. This medical group, yes. Oh, yeah, no, but um, more or less I was um, uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the book None Dare Call a Conspiracy by oh, Gary yes. Allen and Larry yes. Abraham. Yes, thanks for your and, call. All right. Let's go to Richard in Gaithersburg, Maryland, the great WMAO. How are you? Very good. How are you doing, Mr. Levine? Thank you for taking my call. Yes, yes. In respect to your first uh, part of your show concerning where China and everybody's getting ahead of us, mm-hmm. uh, there's a book by Bill Gertz called Betrayal. Uh, I've, uh, it's an excellent book. And Gertz there's another book by him called Enemies. Mm-hmm. And there's another one by... Uh, oh, Mr. Bossy, called how may I help you, sir? What is just, your point? I, I just want to tell you the reason that they're ahead of us right now is because of the what's in these books. Okay, and, and what's in these books? And uh, it it deals with the sir. Export, we're a talk show. What's in the books? It deals with the export laws being uh, re, uh, reduced and 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 uh, and. Uh, That's all quite true, sir. <clears throat> but if you listen to the first hour of the program, it's not even a matter of just the export rules being reduced, which is true. It's a matter of espionage and cyber warfare and spy. I'm not going to do the first hour again. All right, thanks for your call. Nancy, Minnesota, how are you? XM Satellite. Fine, thank you. How are you doing? Very well, oh, thank you. I've, I've, I was reading over the 45... I'm, f- I'm 45 minutes before. away from having a steak. 45 minutes away. Oh, okay, well... Yes, yes. Can um, I tell you, so can I confide in you, Nancy, for a moment? Go for it. Why do I feel guilty eating a steak? I drive, where I drive, there are some cattle, believe it or not. What's that? Oh, oh. <clears throat> I got to go. I'm sorry, Nancy. That, there's some cattle, and I drive by, and I feel guilty that I'm going for a steak, and somehow I overcome it. Anyway, sorry, Nancy. Get Nancy's number. We'll, we'll call her next week, please. I mean that. It's a fact. Attorneys are expensive, and you're likely to pay around $300 an hour. That's just one reason why smart business owners turn to LegalZoom. Over 2 million Americans have used LegalZoom to start their businesses with LLCs and corporation and more. But listen to this. They've expanded. Even after your business is set up, LegalZoom can still help you. Lease agreements, changing tax laws, contract reviews are all part of running your own business. But they're precisely the kinds of legal herders that take time and effort away from growing your business. So LegalZoom created their business legal plan. And with it, you get legal advice for your business from vetted independent attorneys and tax professionals available in every state. Plus, you get access to NDAs, lease agreements, and more. Here's the best part. You won't get charged by the hour since LegalZoom isn't a law firm. Instead, you just pay one low upfront price. This is the way to go. Check out the business legal plan at LegalZoom.com right now, get special savings when you enter Levin at checkout. It's LegalZoom.com, Levin at checkout, LegalZoom.com, L-E-V-I-N at checkout. LegalZoom, where life meets legal. Mark Levin.
So I was saying when I was so rudely interrupted by the clock, like tonight I'm going to get a steak, in the mood for a steak. Nice, well-done steak. All right, all right. That's the way I like it. But I have to drive by this area, and during the day the cows are out, and they're not milk cows. You can see they're beef cows. And it's kind of depressing. They don't know what the hell they're in for. Minding their own business, just standing there doing whatever they do, eating and crapping and crapping and eating and, you know, enjoying life. I I tell you, I have to put that out of my head. I really have to put it out of my head. I don't want to know what happens. I don't want to know what happens. And sometimes I feel guilty. So I'll eat chicken. I know what you're thinking, but it's different to me. I can't just sit there and eat salad like my wife. A, a salad. Oh, look at that. Salad. Oh, this salad, this. Oh, they put other plants on it. And so, oh, and we put this on. A, I can't take it. I wish I could. I wish that's all I ate. But it's not all I ate. It's not all I eat. Ladies and gentlemen, America, for you, my blessed audience.
forget, Sunday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific, Life, Liberty, Levin on Fox. My guest for the full hour, Sarah Palin. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. Good night, Spritey. Good night, Griffey. Good night, Pepsi. Good night, Smokey. And good night, Zelda. Get Al-Qaeda. Get the Taliban. Get ISIS. Get Hamas. Get Hazab- Get all those bastards. Whatever. I'll see you on Monday. God bless you.